keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Catalyst with Terry Ostroviak. In the next hour, Terry and his guests discuss how to accelerate your business success and turn possibility into certainty. So turn up your speakers and hold on. Here's your host of the Quantum Leap Catalyst, Terry Ostroviak. Good morning, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak speaking to you from San Diego. We know that we have people listening from all over the world at this time in different time zones. And we're going to be talking about a very exciting product today, and that is how to make a distinction between, uh, well, in strategic marketing ideas for small businesses, but um, our guest will be discussing that in, in, in real depth for us today. I'd, just to tell you a little bit more about it, she's an expert in ensuring sales and marketing are aligned and focused on achieving sustainable planned results, which means that sometimes people are not very clear on what the distinctions are between sales and marketing and where to put the emphasis and where not to. Um, the major thing that we'll be talking about today is the distinction between uh, profits and cash flow and where should we put our emphasis in those two areas as well. Our guest has had about 15 years' experience in implementing strategies to increase measurable productivity in business development, management, operations. She often asks the question, is the roadmap to your company dream downsizing? She's worked with teams at optimum levels. She's coached executives and managers and project teams and has had a very, very wide background in many, many different areas in small business as well as in large business. So let's welcome her today. Her name is Mickey Jo Park. Good morning, Mickey Jo. Good morning, Terry. So let's, in starting off our, our discussion today, and let's call it a dialogue, let's talk a little bit initially about what the distinctions are between profit and cash flow and how do we focus on those things and what difference does it make? Um, Tell us good, about that. Good question. Well, um, cash flow, as most people know that I are, are listening, and I'm, I'm only bringing a re-awareness to people, and I'm not trying to talk as if they don't know what these things are already. Um, of course. But, but cash flow is is the day-to-day dollars that come in every day, every week, every month. Cash flow allows us to keep doing business, to open our doors up every day, or to make those phone calls every day for new business. Profit, on the other hand, is what we realize um, more long-term, or at least in the context that I'm talking about today, is the money above and beyond our expenses and our taxes. Um, and I will even put in personal as well as business um, on a long-term basis. So to, in order to run a business effectively and to keep wanting to do it every day, we need both. We can have profit with very low cash flow, and we can have very high cash flow with very little profit. Am I and making so sense? somewhere there has to be some balance between the two. Yes. Neither of one, I suppose, can be ignored. Right. right. Well, they can be ignored to our peril, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> right, to our peril. And that's really the, um, the discussion, I think, that we're going to have today is, you know, the analysis or the, the metaphor between cash flow and profit and sales and marketing. 
So, um, sales. Let's talk a little bit about uh, now about sales and marketing and what the distinctions are as we start off today, just so that we set a foundation and a context for the dialogue. Good. Um, well, as I see it, marketing, and, and just so you know, my background is uh, marketing. That's where I started. I have my degrees in marketing, um, product marketing, strategic marketing, even up to the organizational development level, or let me say the CEO level. Right. Um, and along the way, in the in the many years, I've I've obviously done a lot of sales, and sales is one aspect of marketing, and is not marketing. So marketing is. I'm going to give an unusual definition here that I think a lot of people may not have heard it this way, but I'll say that marketing is happens and occurs wherever a business. I'm going to talk about my business wherever my business intersects with a person, the market. So um, I once had an art gallery and custom framery, and there's a number of places where I was in contact with people. My my on-the-floor sales people were in contact with people. Um, When I did product ordering, I was in contact with vendors. Whenever somebody walked through my door, the way my door opened, that that invited people into my business or not. So every time one of my employees talks to a vendor, one of their friends, one of their family, a customer, that becomes marketing. Whenever I talk to any of those people or a colleague, that becomes marketing. Marketing is at any point that the business um, or talking about the business intersects with anybody who could become a customer, a client, or a vendor. So that could be any one of of the people in our organizations in any social situation when anybody connects uh, their, their role with our business, let's say, then they're actually in a marketing role at that moment, even if they are not consciously aware of it because people are making judgments as to how good or bad is this business based on their behavior at this moment. Correct. And um, just so you know, I think Writing thought, it. isn't it, when we talk about image? Yeah. <laughs> it could be frightening. I, I try not to think of it that way. Well, it um, makes it we're on show, doesn't it, uh, all the time. You know, I, I'll agree and I'll take that deeper. And, and first of all, I want to credit this um, theory to Regis McKenna, who wrote a book called Relationship Marketing. Right. That's about this very thing. Um, but I, I'll take it a little bit deeper. So it's not that we're just on show, but our intention, what our intention and our focus is about our message or about our business, that translates into a message, and that's what is always on show. So, okay. however, so the message, the message, the message that we project is on show. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, and, and even deeper that than that, the intention. Okay, very good. You know, and when I talk about intention in in this way in our in about our businesses, I would say that is equivalent to a clear mission and a clear vision. Which I remember you had somebody on your show earlier talking about that very thing. Amazing. What is what are some of the things that we need to be aware of when we when we talk about um, uh, about this distinction? Let's say that we're not doing as well in the area of 
of, of the image that we project or the message that we're projecting, and we're not marketing. We're not consciously marketing. Let's call it that way. We are marketing, whether we know it or like it or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happens if we don't take cognizance of that and don't uh, put some time into that and, 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 and create the intention? Well, it's like we're shooting in the dark. So... Um and, and what I'd like to do real fast is kind of bring the circle around to the distinction between marketing and sales. Right. And, and then I'll go back and, and talk about um, shooting in the dark. Okay. But, um, so marketing is our, is our strategic planning. It begins with that. It begins with our mission, our vision, even parts of our business plan about what the message is, who we're going to talk to, how we're going to say it, where we're going to offer our services, all of that is marketing. Sales is the actual activity of gaining clients, um, gaining customers, getting people to point of purchase, whether that's in your store or that's over the phone taking an order or enrolling a customer in some way. So the sales is more activity-based on on dollars, and marketing is much more about intention and message and the, the outflow and distribution of that. So when we talk about the outflow and distribution of whatever your, your store, whether it's a, um, a, a, a grocery store, whether it's an art gallery like I had, whether it's a consultant, um, whoever you are, you must be clear about what you're offering you must be clear that there's that people want what you're offering in the way that you're offering it. And then the next step is to take that to take research and find out where is it that I can help give people my message, where where are my customers? And oftentimes, especially in small businesses, that's through trial and error and that's okay. It's okay to have lots of error along the way. We just in, in the business we just call that um, testing. <laughs> you just test, test and test and test until you find your way. Interesting, very interesting. So uh, I suppose it does happen that in, in many small businesses, no real marketing or no planning in that area takes place, and uh, people just. Uh, focused mainly on cash flow, on the sales that are, are related to the cash flow area of the business and, yeah. and so probably judge the, the, the effectiveness of the day, the week, the month based on how much money has arrived in the bank. That is one danger. Um, but really, I, I, as a coach and a marketing coach and a new business coach, I see um, both dangers happening. Either people don't have a long-term plan and they focus mostly on day-to-day activity and sales, um, or I would say that's just about all they do, or it's the other way around. Um, people can confuse their marketing activities with, with selling, and they can't figure out why their business isn't taking off. And often it's because they're, all of their focus, 90, 98% of their focus, is on planning, strategy, and maybe finding one or two, trying to find one or two powerful customers that will help them take off, 
But oftentimes, unless it's perfect timing, that doesn't work because it's imbalanced. There definitely has to be a balance okay. of sales and marketing. So we're going to have a break in a moment, okay. and then we'll come back and we'll talk about what are some of the things we can do to make sure that we put more attention and intention, as you say it, into the area of marketing so that we do ensure that our businesses take off. Okay. And maybe we'll talk about that in relation to Quantum Leap as well. So stay with us, and uh, we'll be back in a few moments. Hi, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak in the second part of our show today. We're talking about strategic, strategic marketing ideas for small businesses, and our guest is Mickey Jo Park, who is a specialist in this particular area. She has had at least 15 years' experience in implementing strategies, and today we're talking about distinctions in the area of marketing for businesses as opposed to maybe just sales, maybe the distinction between profits and cash flow. And uh, while we had that break a moment ago, we were just discussing um, the distinctions of different areas of activity that we put into marketing. So let's talk a little bit about that. Now, Mickey Jo. Okay. Well, the reason distinctions are even important is because, um, you know, whenever we have an activity, we have a result that we want in mind. And usually that result is more profit or to increase sales or to increase our market, um, you know, our customers. Right. And the only reason distinctions, again, is important is so that we do the right activity to get the, the result we want. So um, we were just talking about the differences between PR and advertising and that um, PR is anything that we do that is, I would say, um, it, ca it can be related to media, it can be word of mouth, but anything that enhances our reputation um, in some fashion or in some way. So it can be an article, it can be word of mouth, it can be networking, all of that sort of stuff. Um, right. Advertising is actual, um, an actual generated message that we put on a billboard, that we put on the web, that we put on TV, in print, or um, even when we stand up and give a one-minute elevator speech about our services, that is that is advertising. And what advertising is best for is to drive somebody, a customer, straight to the sale. Right. Anything else? In fact, many times I would imagine that advertising is a very direct message that we've got about our business. And it's almost, I mean, I, I don't mean to say it exactly like this, but it's almost like a monologue. In other words, it's us saying, this is what we do, or this is the product we've mm -hmm. got, and this is what the product does. Yes, it, it is a monologue. Okay, good. Whereas PR? PR is, um, I would say it's, it's, a, it's, it's also a monologue, actually. It's but a, it has more opportunity to turn into a dialogue. Okay, that's, that's what I was thinking. And it can turn into a dialogue amongst the public, yes. amongst two people that, are, that um, just read an article, or it can turn into a dialogue with with me as okay. I'm presenting my services to you, but people are more invited into a dialogue through PR 
They're invited to have opinions. They're invited to think. They're invited to somehow have some sort of... Activity. Oh, I see. So it is like an invitation for a dialogue. The best PR it ends up being an invitation for a dialogue. Wonderful. Excellent. I, I love that distinction. And it can be positive. It makes sense. So if we, if we, let's say, for instance, mm-hmm. that we, we're listening, somebody's listening to the show in, in another country, and uh, they're saying to themselves, now, you know, I don't have time for this kind of stuff. I, mm-hmm. I really, uh, I've got to get out there and get the sales, and I've got to talk to my customers, and, um, you know, I invite them to have a dialogue. But the reality is that most time we're focusing much more on the sales side mm-hmm. and making sure that we get the day-to-day money coming in to, to the business, even although we might say, well, I'm enjoying my interaction with my clients, and I, and I love doing that. In a sense, that can also be a PR exercise, can't it? It is a PR exercise with a short-term view. Right. So what happens when we do it in a planned way, with intention, and we put time and effort into it? Let's say we're writing a plan, for instance, and we're saying one of the key result areas that we should be working on is public relations and advertising as part of our marketing strategy. Um, State the question again. (laughs) <laughs> what was the question I, I knew I you with that one. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference when we have a planned, uh, we have a plan, in fact, and we write mm-hmm. a plan with a key result area that is called PR and another key result area which is called advertising, and okay. we consciously work with an intention of putting time and effort into those two areas as a plan, as a planned strategy, as opposed to just letting it happen by accident. Okay, gotcha. When we plan our message, our PR, when we plan growing our reputation, we're, right. we're planning on creating a relationship with yes. people in our market. I'm going I'm to actually drop the word market right now. Good. It's about a relationship, creating long-term Wonderful. relationship. That's yep. what marketing, that's what PR, all those activities are. In the day-to-day sales, we're we are you know we are relating, but we're, what that is is short-term cash flow business, and and yes, we can have PR in in that sale. We can build the relationship with the sale, but we must think of them both together so that we take care of our immediate needs and our long-term relationships. So basically, that long-term planning with with PR allows us to influence how we can grow the relationship with intention. Am I being too heady? Should I give an example? No, no, I think it's great. Uh, And when you say with an intention, really that's the the difference. Mm -hmm. If we we have an intention, we have a a clear picture in our mind that that is a result that we want to achieve. Mm -hmm. When we do it by accident, I suppose, this is what you're saying, it may or it may not happen, but when we have an intention, we almost cause it to happen because there's energy behind that intention. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I think I, I think that's what made a huge difference for me. I I never forget that. Um, and and he's probably listening to the show this morning. His name is Stephen Ward. Stephen is in England, and uh, he was a marketing, a below-the-line marketing specialist. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that he came into my business and absolutely turned it around. I mean, he, he brought an element or a dimension or perspective to my business that I never even guessed about. And that was, he said, you know, Terry, 
Uh, and he thought a lot about it. I mean, it's not as though he just sort of off the cuff came up with a smart answer to a, to, to a need. Mm-hmm. He said, after doing a little bit of research, I realized that your business doesn't need advertising. In other words, he said there's too much spillage in the advertising. In other words, you, you're going to the newspapers. Uh, most of the people are not really interested in your business. That, that, those In the newspapers, reading those newspapers advertisement. But he said, we need to be doing something totally different. And in fact, he went into uh, a planned radio advertising and PR exercise where I did a, a number of talk shows. And it just absolutely revolutionized my business. I just could not believe the effect that it had. Mm. So I'm internally grateful to him as a marketing specialist mm. for making me aware of that. I mean, I was totally unaware of that area previously. You know, I was very sales-oriented. And, and that's a perfect uh, example of, of the message and him having a feeling and, and knowing what the right place is yes. to send that message. Yes. And he designed it so carefully, and he made it personal. He, you know, he didn't use professionals to do it. He said, no, no, you, you have to create a relationship with yourself and your market out there. And that was another thing that he did that made a huge difference to it. And I would just venture to say that one of the key things that you just said is a relationship to yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, that, that was it. Yeah. And that doesn't happen in, in sales because we're inundated with sales. In fact, we've, we've built up such resistance <laughs> to all the advertising messages out there that we just hardly listen to any of them anymore. Well, you know, and one of the dangers of, let's say, having a hot product, let's say you're not having any problem at all selling. And let's say you as a consultant or a coach is a hot product or I come up with something, uh, oh, like a T-shirt or, <laughs> you know, yes. or, or a new food product or something that becomes hot. The danger right. is is start to start giving people everything they want instead of what you do best. Right. And the reason that becomes a danger is because then you or the business becomes very diluted and then the intention gets lost, which, which ends up sometimes being really fun and great in the short term and we end up getting lost or the business ends up getting lost in the long term. Right. Mickey Joe, I just want to, we're going into a break in a moment. I just want to ask people if you would like to call into the show, talk to Mickey Joe about uh, what we're discussing right now, or even email us, uh, which you can do directly to terry at qlcats.com, Q for quantum, L for leap, cat, which is shortened for catalyst, so qlcat.com. You can just uh, email right now, and we'll, we'll take that question as well. Or just dial in one eight double six two double three. 7861 if you're in the United States and uh, talk to us about marketing. So we're going to go into a break in a moment and we'll expand this just a, a little bit more in a moment. Um, just uh, briefly also, I just want to t- tell people that uh, there's an opportunity to pick up these broadcasts as well by going to webcasting. If you go to iTunes, you can pick up all the shows that we've done so far on on iPods, uh, MP3 players, uh, it would be very easy to do that. Alternatively, you can listen to all our shows as well by going to my website, which is qlcat.com, and we'd look forward to you doing that or just calling in. So we're going into a break right now, and we'll be back with you in a moment. Stay with us. Hi folks, 
call in if you get an opportunity at that number. We're talking about uh, marketing for small businesses today, uh, strategic marketing, and we're also at this moment talking about niche marketing with my guest, Mickey Joe Park, who's a specialist in working in the area of small businesses as well as has she done a lot in big business as well, but she knows quite a bit about that. We were discussing a moment ago the concept of simply being heard in an overcrowded marketplace and what do we need to do to create a niche? How do we go about some of that? Let's talk about that, Nikki Jo. Um, and may I add that we were also talking about that it's the overcrowdedness is in the United States. Uh-huh. And that in other countries there there wasn't as much let's say bombardment of advertising and and messages. Um, yes, so this is, I don't think people are aware. In fact, I certainly wasn't aware until I moved to the United States how terribly crowded uh, the American business marketplace is, mm-hmm. and so people are forced in order to be just the least bit competitive or at least bit successful to compete with. Thousands of other people are doing very, very similar things to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas in other countries, uh, other countries that I've lived in and other countries that I've worked in, I never, ever felt that kind of pressure, not the kind of pressure that exists in the United States. Mm-hmm. So it's understandable then that many times Americans might even come across as a bit, bit more aggressive in the marketing area because in an American environment, you can't survive unless you're that way. Mm-hmm. But in an overseas environment... Um, European environment, uh, maybe an Asian environment or a Middle Eastern environment, completely different cultural perspective is, re- is required for, for, for getting our message heard. Mm-hmm. It's really noisy here. That's really what I'm suggesting. So what do we do, Mickey Jo, in well, these different and We actually were talking about how that noise can feel offensive to um, yes. other cultures. Yes. And I was so bold to say that I think it even feels offensive to our culture, but but... But individuals in the United States, we get used to being offended. <laughs> and learn to cope with it and roll with the punches. <laughs> yeah, and I hope that nobody out there takes offense at me saying that. <laughs> but, um, no, I think, I think people are hardened because if they're not hard here, they're just going to fall through the gaps or fall through the holes in the, in the net. Yeah. And so they have to be harder in order to survive in, a, in, a, in an overcrowded marketplace. Simple as that. I would say we have to be harder or we have to be number. Like we get numb. And yes. that's, you know, then it gets even harder to get your message across to someone. Exactly. And, yeah, because, because we do get numb. And um, so what's very important, particularly in this day and age when there's so many services, there's so many specialties, there's so much technology, so many things to offer people, is to really really create a niche. And what's difficult for people with small businesses, and I have to say I've gone through this myself with several businesses I've had, even though I have all this quote-unquote knowledge and expertise, it's harder to do it for yourself because we have fear that we're not going to make it. We have fear that that even if we're doing really well today, that in a year or two we won't be doing well. So sometimes... It's very difficult to create a, a specific niche because we have fear of not including everything that we could sell. But this is this is the almost um, inverse 
of what we might be tempted to do is really to create a very, very, I'm not going to say specialized, but I'm going to say a narrower niche. So instead of casting a net, uh, cast a bowl. <laughs> Something that's, that's round but smaller. And the reason is, is because the, do- the dollars for, for you, for me, in, in a smaller bowl where people really get it and really want it is more lucrative. So let me go through an exercise that'll, that'll tell you how to do that. Either get there if you're not there yet or just check and see if you're on target with yourself, if you're already um, feeling successful. Right. There's an exercise in a book called Good to Great um, from Jim Collins. Excellent book for anybody with a business of one person or or thousands of people. Um, there's there's three circles and they all intersect. Right. And, and one circle is about what are you passionate about? What do you want your business to achieve because you love it? Two is uh, and, and we really need to emphasize that now. So here's mm-hmm. some steps that we could be taking in listening to this program today and come out of it and say, I really learned something that was valuable. So maybe if you've got a pencil handy or a pen handy, write that down. Would you just rephrase the question again? Yes. Um, circle or repeat number one. I mean. Circle number one, the question is, what am I passionate about in the context of my business? Right. What do I love to tell people about? What do I love to deliver to people? How do I love to serve people? Whatever question fits for you, or come up with your own, but it's around your own passion about what you can deliver to people through your business. Right. The second circle is, well, out of this passion, what is it that I do best? What is it that my business can do best? Now, here's the difference between what can I do best myself and what can my business do best. In your business, you may have resources, employees, people supporting you and supporting the business, so it becomes a team exercise. What does this team do the best? And then the third circle is, okay, now what will people pay me for? And there may be a whole heck of a lot that people will pay you for. So the the specific targeted question is, what will the most people pay me the most for? Great. Good question. And this, Very good. This exercise isn't meant to be easy. It may be easy if you've already gotten it, if you're already there. It may feel like, or you may think that, oh, this is, somehow these don't work together. And the process that we don't have time to go through today is getting them to work together so that they all intersect. Right. That's what Jim Collins calls the sweet spot. That's where you'll find your sustainable business in your current market. Wonderful. Yeah, they're overlapping circles. That's what you're saying. And the, and the, and the middle part of it is, the, is that sweet spot that you talk about. Right. Every golfer knows what a sweet spot is. <laughs> <laughs> When we hit the sweet spot, that ball flies down the middle. Yeah, that's that's a good one. <laughs> I don't golf, obviously. I'm like, uh huh. <laughs> yeah, but the picture's clear. The picture's very clear. 
talk to me how Denver lost the football game very badly. <laughs> I'm obviously a Denver fan. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> okay, so you know it's it, it's just such an interesting discussion then on on, the, on that marketing side. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, just while we're chatting about this for a moment, I did get a call in from Cape Town, South Africa, from a woman who is a food supplier to restaurants and the catering industry in Cape Town. And she said, I'd love to network with like-minded suppliers in the USA who might have some products we could add to our product range. And uh, so if you've got like products in the restaurant catering industry, write into me, Terry, at qlcats.com, and I'll put you on to the supplier in Cape Town, South Africa, who's looking for like products to market and sell in her marketplace in Cape Town, South Africa. Well, Terry, this is this is a great example right here. What does she mean by like products? Um, she's. I know that one of the things that she markets to restaurants is fresh fish, and Cape Town has, I would say, the best fish in the world. I mean, I've got a few friends that are in that industry, and I've never tasted fish like the fish in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Some people might take offense of that, but then maybe I just have a limited... Experience, but I, I just know that I love to go to Cape Town for the fish. Okay. Um, she also has all kinds of products that restaurants need, anything from nuts and raisins and uh, salads and, and stuff like that, anything that, that, that in the catering industry or restaurant industry that restaurateurs and caterers would need. So she's looking for new products okay. that people might want to market in, in Cape Town, South Africa, or well, in fact probably anywhere in South Africa. Okay. So do you mind if I use this this her request as kind of a, a marketing exercise? Please do. Um, if she had written that to me, I would have written her back and asked her. And you you know her, I believe, right? Yes, I do know her. Yeah, sure. So you're able to talk to it a little bit, but um, this is an example where where somebody relied on the fact that you knew her, you knew what she did, you would be able to be a good messenger for her. Yes. But what she's really doing is giving up her influence and power. Because, and I mean power as in giving the message exactly the way she wants. Right. Um, So I would have asked her, so can you describe what what Like Products is? What are your products? And, you know, there's, you know, thousands of people out there that that sell nuts. How do you sell nuts either differently or to what restaurants like your, your nuts the best? Right. You know, do you package them differently? How are they fresh? I would be asking her questions so that she could really figure out what, who she's trying to get to. Right. You see, so this is a shot in the dark, or a, a shot in the dark, or just um, a big spray. Let's call it. She just, she just right. had a big spray gun. And very interestingly, she phrased the question. She said, "I would love to network with like-minded suppliers mm-hmm. who might have some products we could add." So she's saying it's pretty broad. It is. She is casting out a net at the moment. Yeah. Rather than a spray gun, rather than a targeted. Yes. Yeah. Not to use a violent kind of expression, but. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that you know about those things. (laughs) All right. So let's follow that through a little bit more. Okay. Oh, the um. Back to the circles? 
Okay, I know. I just I was just talking about this particular inquiry that came in. All right, oh. so we're going to go into a break at the moment, and then when we come back, maybe we'll just wrap up the whole show with an understanding of some more of the things that we need to do that would make a difference mm-hmm. to our marketing plan in small businesses in many different areas. Okay. So stay with us and call in or email if you if, uh, if you've got a moment, and we'd love to take those messages during the show. In a moment, stay with us. Hi, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak going back into the last part of our show this morning. Um, we know that people are listening in different countries around the world as well, so if you would like to get through to us, you, the best way to do it is to send an email to me immediately to terry at qlcats.com. Um, if you've got a marketing issue or something that you would like to know about marketing, feel free to do that. And, of course, I'll pass it on to Mickey Jo Park, who is our guest this morning. She's a specialist in the area of small business marketing. Um, Mickey Jo, mm-hmm. just in winding up what we've talked about today, what are some of the important, another, uh, some of the other important things that we need to be being uh, be aware of in, in running our businesses in the area of marketing? Yeah, um, it just came to me that probably the most important thing after we plan um, when we're really starting our activity is to have a feedback loop. And that's a fancy way to say listen to your customers. Right. Um, 100% of the time, be be listening to your customers and customer-driven. So that might sound... um, against what I just said, which means be you know, stay in your niche, create one and really develop that. So what I'm saying within what you find you're passionate about, what you do best, and what your customers are going to pay you for, when you find that sweet spot, stay in in that focused area, but really listen to those customers who are fueling your ability to stay in business and grow your business in that sweet spot. That is being you know, you hear a fancy term being market-driven, being customer-driven. All it means is listen to them, tweak your products, your services, your business, so that it's always reflecting, always improving on what the customer expresses that it wants. And some of the smallest things or things that we think wouldn't even make a difference to us, like the way a door opens, is... It means you're listening to your customers and you're inviting them to do business with you over and over and over again. For example, a friend of mine became a new VP at a bank in Colorado. I'm originally from Colorado. And um, the bank's slogan was, we're the friendliest bank in town. Well, one of the first things that he noticed when he walked into the bank was that all all of the doors... Um, you, had, you had to pull open the doors instead of push open the doors, but the handles on the doors made it look like you had to push the doors. So, you know, this sounds silly and it sounds minute, but if they're the friendliest, if they're the friendliest bank in town, and you can't get in the door easily, it doesn't feel very inviting when you get there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so interesting as, thought. So the VP of marketing for a bank with many branches around Colorado. The first thing that he did as VP was had all the doors changed. 
So that's, that's a very simple but very pertinent example of yeah. your message. In other words, uh, as well, I, I suppose we should be we should be asking more questions. Really, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, good point. Uh, it's like people, you know, we go into restaurants and they'll always say, "Well, um, is everything okay?" <laughs> and it's an automatic response: "Yes, everything's okay." Now get out of my hair, uh-huh. <laughs> get out of my face. Yeah. But it's a it's a useless question because it doesn't it doesn't ask anything, does it? You're right. You're absolutely right. And one of the, the um, most significant skills in your marketing to learn is how to ask meaningful questions that will get help you improve your services, your products, what you offer. All right. Why don't we briefly just think about some of those questions, Mickey Jo? Uh huh. What would okay. they be? Questions like what? Um. You know, well, everything from did you did you feel like your service was friendly to did you um, get the information you needed as quick as you wanted it? Right. Did you have any negative experience? And these are very general. Of course, when you have a specific service or product, you'll get more specific yeah. in, in naming that. Um, yeah. You know, tell me about what you liked. Tell me about what why you didn't buy. Yes. You know, um, There's a question that most people are just petrified to ask: Is <laughs> is there anything that you didn't like about this, or was there anything that bothered you? And the answer is: I just remember some statistics from way back that said um, within 32 hours, or within 24 hours, if there's a problem with an organisation, more than 32 people know about it because people are talking outside, and they really should be talking to us. So part of that marketing exercise is making sure that if there are negatives or are areas that are bothering people, they they feel free enough to tell us about it. Yes. Some cultures invite that. Some cultures, like in the UK, might not necessarily let you know that they have problems. It's not done. Yeah. Well, the companies the that survive long term do. Yes. And the the key is is to listen for themes, not to take each individual answer as oh, I have to change each little individual thing, but look for themes about what's holding people back and what people also like. So you know what to improve on, you know what to add, um, you know what to get rid of. Let's just sum up those three points that you brought out on that hedgehog theory from uh, from good to great, just to finalize our our meeting today. Okay. Um, Number one. what, What am I passionate about? Right. Within the business context, what can my business do best, whether you're a one-man shop or you have a team? Right. And what will people, what will the most people pay me the most for? Wonderful. Love that question. Right. If we answer those questions, that will really make today's meeting extremely valuable for us. I just wanted to thank you very much, Mickey Joe. I'll come back to you in just a moment. I just want to tell people about our show next week. Uh, next week we have a business psychologist joining us. Um, she's a consultant business psychologist. She works with teams. And uh, she's going to be talking about motivating and empowering our people to actively support our products and service offers to customers. In other words, she's saying, I suppose, that uh, sometimes our employees or our colleagues or our associates don't have the kind of passion that we've got for our business, so that's vitally important in the process. So look out for Jude Gladstone Cade 
us next week talking about how do we get our people motivated and on the same track as we're on. Vicky Joe, you've done a wonderful job today and giving us a lot of insights into the professional art of marketing for small businesses, and it's been very, very helpful to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Vicky Joe, just mention your website if anybody wants to talk to you. Oh, it's Career Leap, all one word. Career Leap with an S dot com. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants to know about that, <laughs> that's Mickey Joe Park. Or just write to me. Or by all means, listen to our podcasts as well on iTunes under the Quantum Leap Catalyst. So that's where we are. Thank you very much for being with us, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a great time.